enjoy time with friends and family. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving here. Amen. We were under the tent over there off of 64, and we had some awesome food, some great fellowship, and, and some great uh, opportunity for some of the men and the women to share, some of the folks to share about what they were grateful for. And it was just a, it was a real special time in the Lord. Amen. God's presence was there. God's love was there. Amen. God's unity was there. And so thank you. I want to thank you for those men and women that shared about what God placed on their heart, what they're grateful for. Amen. Praise the Lord, because it's important to remain grateful. Amen. We got a lot to be grateful for. But let's look at the word of God as we go forth this morning. John chapter 17, starting in verse 20. Word of God reads. He says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me father i desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where i am so that they may see my glory which you have given me for you love me before the foundation of the world i'm going to stop right there let's pray dear heavenly father i come before you today in the name of jesus and lord i thank you for this time together I thank you for every man and woman and child that's here in this place today, God. I just pray blessings over them right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Spiritual blessings, physical blessings, financial blessings. I just declare, God, the joy of the Lord. The joy of their salvation. Father, release that in the name of Jesus. But Father, I just ask you to forgive us for all of our sins. Wash us, cleanse us, and cover us in your son's precious blood. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would give the Lord a hand praise this morning. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today. My topic, sermon topic, is the power of community. The power of community. And I'm going to talk a little bit about community, and, but before I do, I want to give you the definition of the word community. The definition of the word community is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. Of course, we all know what that characteristic is that we have in common. Amen. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's the salvation of our soul and the forgiveness of our sins. It's an eternity in heaven. Amen. With the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Of course, we have a goal here, amen, and that is to reach, to teach, to mend, and to send. Our goal is, amen, to make an impact with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to see people saved and lives transformed and people healed, amen, set free from the bondage of sin, amen, and eternal hell in separation from God in a devil's hell. Can I get an amen? amen? But I want to talk to you a little bit about the community and the power of the community. And as we're going forth, amen, and we're preparing, uh, you know, for the next year. And, I, and I'm not going to skip Christmas on you, okay? Don't worry. But I'm, I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord and I'm, I'm asking God, God, how can we make the greatest impact this next year going forth how can we as a community of believers make a great impact and i'm going to tell you there's power amen in having a community there's power in having a group of believers amen there's a power in having a family the family of god that we can amen walk alongside and that we can rely on and when we're operating correctly amen there's power Amen. In order to make a difference in this world. Can I get an amen? amen. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today. Because I'm seeing, I'm asking God, God, how can we make the greatest impact? You know, I had preached at a sermon, amen, at the conference that we had. And, and I had preached about the impact of God's arrows. And you and I as believers that once we're saved and once we're healed and once we're delivered, we ought to be looking at how we can make an impact in our lives, amen, in the lives of others, in the lives around us. You know, and I want to tell you some of the benefits of having a community, amen, because what God is establishing is something beautiful, amen. God is establishing something that's beautiful and it's something that's necessary, especially as we're coming into these last days. He's doing something bigger than us, greater than us, amen, more than we can even begin to think, amen, or ask. Can I get an amen? amen. He's preparing something powerful. He's preparing something beautiful, amen, in order for the church to be able to operate in the way that it needs to in these last days. Are y'all with me today? And it's going to be crucial that we have a Christian community of believers, of like-minded people that we can surround ourselves with, amen, in order to be able to make it, amen, and to be everything that God has called us to be. See, God hasn't called us to live this thing alone or to walk this thing out alone, amen. God is a relational God like I shared. Amen. And when you look at God, God was always in the mind of community. When he made the heavens and the earth, amen. 
He was thinking about a community, amen, a community of people. You know, when, when, when I share some of the things that are beneficial about a community, a community provides a way for people to not be alone in this world. You don't have to be alone in this world. You have brothers and sisters in Christ. You have men and women that you can walk alongside, that you can encourage, amen, and be encouraged by. And so when we're talking about community, community provides a way for people to not be alone. You're not alone in this thing, even though sometimes it may feel like it. Can I get an amen? I promise you there's somebody that's going through something similar to what you're going through, amen? Relying on the same source for the answer, and that, that is Jesus Christ. And community provides support in a time of need. You have a support system, amen? You have a... a a community of, of support. You know, there's some people that have been calling me lately, amen, that they don't even go to this church, but they're in a time of need in their life. Whether they lost a loved one, they lost their spouse, amen, of many, many years, amen, and now they're a widow, or they're, they're, they're just coming to a point in their life where they, you know, uh, they're not able to work anymore and, and, they, and they don't have any kind, of, uh, any kind of provision for their life right now because they haven't got their disability and, and they're having all kinds of physical issues that are attacking their life, amen. And, 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 you know, but, they, but the good thing about it is they can reach out, amen, and they can begin to tap into this community of believers, of people that can support them and encourage them and provide what they need. Amen. Are y'all with me today? A community provides support in a time of need. I want you to begin to get this mindset here. Amen. Because sometimes we don't take full advantage of what God has provided. He's providing something beautiful and something powerful. Amen. And something that if it's operating properly, amen, it will make an impact like never before. The vision is great. Amen. It's greater than us. It's, amen, goes further than us. Amen. We get to be a part of it. Amen. Sometimes on the giving in and sometimes on the receiving in. Amen. Because there may be a time when you need a little bit of support and encouragement. Amen. Are y'all with me today? And this is all provided through the community that God has established. And a community provides wise counsel. The Bible says, amen, that there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. You surround yourself with men and women, amen, that desire, amen, to see you thrive and to see you succeed and to see you blessed, amen, and to see you, amen, be everything that you need to be. Somebody say God is good. And a community provides intentional accountability. We're accountable to one another. 
Amen. We're accountable. See, we got to welcome some accountability in our lives. Are y'all with me today? You know, some of us, though, we fell off into something and we're doing like Adam and Eve. We're hiding. Hello. Amen. God is good. Amen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. You know, I want to share with you, I want to remind you of the story real quick about Joshua. Amen. Things went well for Joshua for a while. Amen. The people of God. God was delivering Joshua and the children of Israel through Moses out of Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. He was bringing them into their destiny. He was bringing in into a land that flowed with milk and honey. A land that was blessed, amen. And the, the children of Israel, they were devoted to following God and to not worship other gods of the land, amen, for a while. But only one generation after one generation, they went back to their ways and they lost sight of the promise that they had made to God, amen. And once they had lost sight of the Lord God who had brought them out of slavery into Egypt, amen, into the promised land, they began to follow other gods, amen, of the land. And as a result, they began to have squabbles amongst each other. You know, how quickly sometimes can we forget what the Lord has done for us, amen, and forget the commitments that we made to him, amen. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good. Now, they were headed to the promised land, but I'm here to tell you, amen, we have a promised land that God has placed, amen, for us, and it's called heaven. Can I get an amen? amen. And you want to know why the children of Israel, some of them didn't make it into the promised land? Because of unbelief. Somebody say, God is good. I want to talk to you a little bit about this scripture that I opened up with in John in chapter 17. And I want you to, I want to kind of show you what's taking place here. Amen. What you begin to see through the chapter 17 of John, amen, is Jesus is praying for the people. Now, in the Gospel of John, amen, it's a little different than some of the other Gospels. In some of the other Gospels, you've seen Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane prior to him being taken into captivity, amen, being taken to be crucified upon the cross of Calvary. And if you remember where the disciples couldn't even stay awake to pray, But this is a little different setting right here in chapter 17 of John. Amen. It's a little different setting concerning Jesus praying. And all throughout this chapter, we see Jesus praying. Amen. Starting in verse 1 through 5, Jesus prays for himself. In verse 6 through 19, he prays for the immediate group 
of 11 disciples that were gathered around him, he began to pray for them. In verse 20 through 26, he begins to play, pray for the believers yet to come. And here we are, amen, beyond Jesus' death, amen, Jesus expected a powerful impact in a dynamic, amen, result of a growing church. Are y'all with me today? And I want to look at this today, amen, for just a moment, because there's a few different things that are brought out in here that he specifically prays for, for a specific purpose. You know, as we look here, the first point, if you'll put it up there, Jesus prays, amen, for unity in the community. See, in order for us to be able to do what God's called us to do, the first thing that's going to have to take place is there's going to have to be unity. Look with me real quick in verse 20, and this is what it reads. It says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may be all be one, even as you... Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Somebody say, God is good. good. Now, here we are. I want you to look at this. Amen. Because we're looking at the final moments before Jesus gets arrested. Amen. And he could have prayed for anything in his life. He could have prayed, amen, for his own strength, for what he was about to go through. He could have prayed that the 11 disciples would support him and that they wouldn't flee from him and deny him, amen, and his teachings, amen. But instead, look what Jesus is praying for right here before he's taken to the cross, amen. His prayer, amen, was on one single great thought and that's that there would be unity among the disciples and among the people. See, Jesus, amen, wasn't thinking even of his own situation, but he was thinking of what was to come, amen. He was seeing past Peter, and he was seeing the people on Pentecost. He was seeing the 3,000 saved. He was seeing the 2,000 saved. He was seeing the church being established. He was seeing what's going forth, and he begins to pray, amen, not for his own personal, but he prays, amen, for what's going to make a difference. Somebody say God is good. See, Jesus knew that the church could never make the impact on the world that he wished, amen, unless spiritually they saw in a oneness. Now, when you talk about, amen, the word unity, it's the state of being united or joined as a whole or oneness. Somebody say oneness. He says, I pray that 
they will be just like I'm in you and you are in me. In other words, the connection that he had with the Father and the Father with the Son was the very prayer that Jesus prayed that the church, amen, and the disciples would have, amen, in order to become and do everything they were called to do. You know, and and if you look back, there was... In this original group of disciples, there was all kinds of incredible tensions. Amen. If you remember, there was tension created by James and John. Amen. Because they had asked for the seat at the right and the left hand of Jesus in heaven. Do you all remember that? And it caused this outrageous jealousy among the disciples. And earlier in that same evening, the disciples were fuming with rage because there had been an argument among them as who was the greatest. Do y'all remember that? This is what he was encountering. Amen. And there was a little group that were all with all kinds of tension. There was Matthew, the amen, the publican who had sold out to Rome, and Peter, amen, the zealot who had pledged to kill the people like Matthew, the publican, amen. No wonder Jesus prayed for the original 11, amen. Lord, make them to be one. But that wasn't all, amen. He, he moved even past those 11 disciples for the generations to come. He prayed for all the believers, amen. Jesus asked God to give us unity, amen. To give us unity. But he knew, amen, that God's people can never fabricate unity. It had to be something that came from the spirit. Are y'all with me today? It had to come from the spirit of God. It had to come from walking in the spirit of God. That this oneness would take place. It wasn't something that could amen, be achieved, amen. It was something that was given to them if they wanted it. And the pattern for the unity of believers is unlike anything else on the earth, amen. It's nothing less than the unity of the Father and the Son. It's not merely unity of organization or purpose, amen, or feeling of affection, amen. But it was of the Father and the Son. Somebody say, God is good. good. And what we begin to look at as we move into this scripture, first he prays for oneness, And look at the next part of that and put my next point up there. He prayed for unity in the community in order to be able to make an impact in the community. Look at what he says. Verse 21, put it up there. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that, look at this, The world may believe that you sent me. 
Come on now. See, what it is is the impact of a unified church is that the world believes that God the Father sent Christ the Son, amen, that the world may believe that you have sent me, amen. That's what he was praying for because there's something about it, amen, when the church and the community is unified, amen, and the people and the world see it, amen, and it operates in the proper way, then it's going to begin to let them know, hey, this thing is real. This is the real deal. This is the, this, these people are standing for something. This God, amen, must be a real God. You know, if you think about it, amen. You know, I think about it a lot in the folks coming in the ministry homes. If they come in and all they see is bickering and fighting and backbiting, you think that they're going to Amen. Think that this thing is real? Are y'all with me today? Or what if they come into the church and they see everybody running each other down? Or trashing each other? Come on. So that the world may believe. See, he knew that the way that we we're going to make an impact in this community is that we'd be unified, amen. And when we're unified, then we would make an impact in the community. Then we would reach past these four corners of this wall, amen. See, I want to tell you something today. When we come together, amen, as a church and we worship together, I want you to look at it as if it was the huddle of a football team. And how many of y'all know when it's, we're talking about football, people don't pay big bucks to go watch football, amen, so that they can watch people in a huddle. Now, they know that the huddle is necessary because if you don't have a huddle, the quarterback's not going to know what play's going forth, amen, or any of the receivers or the running back or anybody else. But what they look at, amen, is what, amen, they're able to do once they come out of the huddle and what kind of impact, amen, they're able to make. I'm here to tell you right now, it's, we come together and huddle together on Sundays and Wednesdays in order to get some direction, in order to get strengthened, in order to get our plays, amen, that we need to make. But realistically, what kind of impact are we making between those days of the week? That's the real impact, amen. What are we doing, amen, between Sunday to Sunday? Are y'all with me today? It's good to have huddle. We need a huddle. Otherwise, we'd all be playing our own play. Are y'all with me today? But it's more than a huddle. We have an awesome... Worship team, we have an awesome presence here. It strengthens us, it liberates us, it focuses us, it directs us. But what are we doing once we have that direction? See, it's about the impact of the community unified. 
Somebody say, God is good. See, I want you to grab a hold of this because God is doing some awesome things. There's beautiful things being developed. Amen? It's just getting started. You know, there's so much dynamic to this thing. It's huge. You know, we're going to need... Christian mechanics that are brought up. We're going to need Christian contractors that are brought up. We're going to need Christian doctors that are raised up. We're going to need Christian lawyers that are raised up. Amen. And on top of that, we're going to need other men of God and women of God to go and take and establish these communities in other parts, amen, of the nation. There's a whole lot being done in a small area. Are y'all with me today? And you wonder why the devil is fighting us so bad. Because he knows that if we will grab a hold of this, if we can truly get it, amen, he's in big trouble. But it's going to all start with us being unified. It's going to start for us being one. Like the father is with the son. This is what Jesus is praying. And the reason he's praying this. Yes, for those disciples. I pray that for you. You were the disciples. But I even see further than that. I pray that so that other people can come to know Jesus Christ. Jesus was seeing the disciples and he was seeing those that would be saved. Somebody say God is good. You know, a truly unified community of people is a supernatural fact that must be have a supernatural cause. You know, the world itself is so disunited that a perfectly unified church compels the world to confess that God is at work among us. And, you know, and, and, and it's even better because as this thing begins to really separate out a little bit more, it's going to be even more obvious. You know, the more darkness there is, the, the brighter the light shines. The more division there is, the more obvious that unity is present. That's why it's going to be the church's finest hour. Number one, it's going to get rid of all the people that are faking and shaking. Hey. Number two, we're going to stand out even brighter, even more unified. You know, I don't mind if challenges come. If that's what it creates for us to unify. Hello. Sometimes we're just so spoiled we don't realize we need each other. 
You know, it's like soldiers. They don't know they need each other until they get out there and they get their butt shot. <laughs> Bullets flying over their heads. Are y'all with me today? But I want to share something because on the other hand, a disunified church reverses all the work of Christ. Amen. I want you to look at this for just a moment. Amen. Thank you, Father. God is good, amen. Now I'm going to give you the solution. You want to hear the solution? All right. Let's go to the next verse. Twenty-two. He says, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me that they may be perfected in unity. Can I get the worship team to come forward? So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am. So that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. I'll put my last point up there. So first we have a unified community. And as a result, then we have an impactful community. And then I'm going to talk about the glory in the community. See, Jesus prays that the present church on earth and the future church in heaven will see his glory. Now, glory, saints, is the visible manifestation of all of the divine attributes. It's what we see when we look at God. Somebody say, look at God. See, Jesus says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. <clears throat> he says, I've given them the glory that, that you gave me. And he continues saying that the purpose of showing his glory was that they may be one. See, this is the answer right here. This is the solution. Even now, amen. When we get our eyes off of one another and contemplate the revealed glory of God, then that's when we are one. The glory transforms us even now. Paul told the church of Corinth this, we are being transformed into his likeness with an ever-increasing glory. 
See, when you get in his glory, he says, I've given them my glory so that they may be one, so that they may be unified. When you're looking at the very likeness of God, when you're looking at the glory of God, you're not looking, amen, at everybody else around you. You're not looking at everybody else, amen, and all their faults and all their shortcomings. You're seeing the glory of God. The only way we're going to be unified is to be in the glory of God. And this is what Jesus is praying. He prays that they, that they get in my glory, that they see my glory. Amen. Because if they see my glory, then they'll be unified. If they're unified, they'll make an impact. Amen. If they make an impact, souls will be saved. Lives will be changed. Cities will be taken. People will come to know Christ. And something beautiful will be developed through the community of God. He says, I want them to see my glory. Come on, stand to your feet.